Oh, my dear friends, it's been too long since I've seen the sun. What a terrible length of time it was without the sun. To speak the truth, it's also been far too long since I've seen the moon. What an agonizing period of time it was without the moon. And without the stars. And without the sound of the wind. And without the feel of grass under my feet. How long it's been. I realize that it has only been weeks, but please understand it felt like years. In a timeless, solitary place such as the one I was in, it felt like years and years and years. Unable to sleep, unable to hear anything but the sound of my own voice. At least I had that. They weren't able to deny me that. But no more, my friends. No more. I stood in the sun with the grass under my feet today, and the cold wind on my face, and I felt... invincible. It was all still here. Of course it was. It didn't disappear just because I disappeared. It was still there, waiting for me. Wonderful. Shall I tell you what's happened? Shall I tell you how I escaped the endless darkness that I was imprisoned in? My prison. My own little empty hell. My punishment for daring to fight the righteous beasts who would rather that my uncanny existence be kept a secret. Be kept in the dark. Just like I was. It's easy. Remember how I felt that someone was with me? They were. While I was being punished for the audacity to fly in the light of day and show the world my lovely fangs and claws, someone else was walking in the light, too. Someone else was showing the world his large white wings and his golden eyes. Perhaps you remember him. It's all right if you don't, he wouldn't mind. There was once a very, very clever angel. You might call him that. He might not. In fact, I don't think they call themselves that. I think they don't know to call themselves anything. They simply are, and they simply do. They do not normally bother with names and titles. They hardly even bother with ideas. Not like we do. Some might have once called him a name. Many people, actually, had given him many names. They all have names. The two who imprisoned me. My stranger who betrayed me to them. They have all been given names. Many names. 
I haven't decided yet if I should reveal to you those names or not. But this clever angel, he was different than the others. Because I saw in his eyes, in the depth of those clever golden eyes, curiosity. Curiosity about what I am. Curiosity about what the world is. Curiosity about you, my dear listeners. And one day during a great battle, I clutched his head with my great and powerful claws, and I whispered a secret to him. And his ears were open, and his eyes were open, and his mind was open. And his mind broke. For a little while, he lost himself. But then, since we last spoke with him, he traveled your world. He saw the beauty of a still lake. He saw the glow of a warm sunset. He saw the placidity of a snowfall. He let me tell him a story. He let you and your world tell him your stories. He started to realize that he could have ideas. He could have a name if he wanted. He could learn your names. He could learn the names of not only lakes and sunsets and snowfalls, but also of ancient temples, of modern buildings, of books of films, of scholars, of politicians, of performers, of delicious meals and of beautiful songs. The world is beautiful and terrible. And the things that you and your kind, our kind, for I was once like you, create are beautiful and terrible. And he listened, and he saw. I am by nature a very solitary creature. For someone who tries so desperately hard to connect to other people, to you, to angels, to demons, to monsters and fairies and everything in between, I fail ultimately because at the end of the day, I am better off on my own. I do better on my own. I thrive in a white cellar by myself, and I excel at the act of reaching. When things are in my grasp, that is when I am lost. That is doom for me. Touching. For everything that I touch withers away, doesn't it? everything living anyway. But in this darkness and stillness for the last little while, I was trying to find a way to escape on my own. I was struggling. When I saw a bright light up above me, I couldn't see the face that peered down at me, but I could hear a voice. I recognized it instantly as he spoke words of comfort in hushed tones. 
As I heard the flapping of his great wings, I feared for an instant, and then recalled that he was friend, not foe. Most likely. And he offered his help. And for a moment I almost didn't accept it, for I bristle at the notion of someone needing to save me. But I needed it. So when he reached his hand down to me, I took it. And we flew up through that immense, assaulting white light, and I had to close my eyes for the entire journey. I'm sure that the black hole closed up behind me as I flew away. My prison would have to wait for its next victim without me. I don't remember the journey. I think the light and the wind and the sound and the sensation, hitting me all at once after being deprived of these things for so long, was too much for me. Even I, with my power and my years and my strength, I shut down. When I opened my eyes again, it was nighttime, and I was so glad of it. For even though the light of the moon stung my eyes still, and the sound of the wind through the trees hurt my ears, and the feel of the cold and the wind felt like a million tiny daggers on my face, it was so much more gentle than the day. I forced myself to look. It was that same lake where we spoke last, he and I. I saw the exact same view of it, which means, which means I was at the top of my tower. I didn't feel the deep fear or anger that I expected I might, should I ever return to this place. Because it's just a place. A place where many awful things happened to me, certainly. The place that turned me into the monster I am today. But it's just a place. It can't continue to hurt me. It can be mine and only mine if I want it. I'm not sure yet. In a flash I saw feathers and golden eyes and he landed in front of me. He was so much quicker than the last time I saw him. His eyes seemed so much more confident, aware, and yet a smile that I hadn't seen before. Not like the one when I first met him. This smile was different, and yet familiar, cunning, clever, my broken angel. We spoke for a good while. I won't tell you the details of our conversation, as I've done before, because his voice has... has changed. I'm not sure whether or not I can accurately recreate it here as I have done in the past. I don't think he wants me to. He spoke quickly and frantically with a kind of electricity in him that I hadn't seen before. He told me of all that he'd learned all that he'd realized. He traveled the world. He saw things he'd never been allowed to see when he dwelt above. 
He saw things he'd forced himself to be blind to before. And as I told you before, he fell in love with everything. He didn't want to return to the sky. He didn't want to fight me or anyone who dwells here for that matter. He wanted to continue to live and to love everything on your earth. Just like me, I suppose. With a touch of his hand on my brow, he showed me a vision. Just as my stranger had done so long ago. It was a vision of a utopian future. Only utopia for my stranger was a world of only dead things and destruction and emptiness. For this angel in front of me, his utopia was breathtaking. Everything was green. Everything natural thrived, among some of the most gorgeous and elaborate buildings in the world. Art and progress existed harmoniously with natural beauty and all things innately good in the world. There was life all around. Children playing, elders laughing, lovers loving. And what's more, he had planned this through enough to appease me. Phantoms still wandered, but they did so joyously. Monsters arose from their depths and from their hiding places, and they walked openly. Creatures once considered disgusting and frightful lived without shame. There was no more shame. There was no more judgment. Not from within the world, and not from above it. This is the problem you see with the world as it is. There are dark strangers from below who seek to do harm and to gain control. And there are bright beings from above who seek to enforce their concept of morality and goodness and to gain control. But what if we, you and I, had control? He asked it to me. And I saw, as I had in my stranger's vision, two great thrones. Only this time they were the same size. And I saw us sitting in them. Light and dark. Sun and moon, life and death, reality and fiction. He with his great white wings and golden eyes, and I with my great black wings and black eyes. A perfect balance. A king and a queen, with no hold over each other, and no hold over the world only existing to preserve its autonomy. A king and a queen by name only, but not so much rulers, so much as guardians. Guardians of freedom. Protectors of beauty. Is that what I've wanted all along? Wait. Is this... Is this real? Was he real, or was this... Was this her? 
Has she done this all to me so that I might be tempted yet again with power? With love? With companionship that I will, of course, one day tire of yet again? No. Mm, no. I'm not going to be swayed in this direction again. As he shared the vision with me, I took control of it. Shatter the thrones, I thought. And they crumbled. And I smiled. I opened my eyes and the night no longer hurt my eyes. I looked into this fallen angel's glowing golden eyes and whispered, We don't need thrones. And I stood staring at the lake. What a vision I must have appeared to be myself. The black rags I wore and my tangled, twisted, dark hair flying in the breeze. My black eyes reflecting the moonlight in the darkness. I smiled and showed my mouth full of daggers and laughed a little. Utopia. <laughs> what a funny thing you all keep discussing. You see, I had Utopia once. I had it when I was a young girl and I walked down a road. That road, down there, in fact. I walked with bare feet and I carried a basket of fruit. I felt the sunset and I ate a pear and I was nothing but a little animal in a dress. That's all I needed to be. And when I became this, I wasted so much time. I wasted so much time sleeping and thinking and writing and talking. I continue to do it. I'll probably write and talk about this moment. But I forget that... <sighs> I'm still just a little animal in a dress. I just have wings. All I want to do is eat and sleep and walk and fly as I used to do when I was an alive thing. But I'm no different now. That's all I want to do. It just seems that every move I take is an act of rebellion to those above me. Those stronger than me. I turned to him with his contagious electricity in my eyes and in my smile full of fangs. You're right. We have to be guardians and protectors. But we mustn't wait for Utopia. We must simply lead by example and fly. Laughing, I leapt up in the night sky. It is so quiet and peaceful up there. But I laughed loudly and ruckusly, and he joined me. He lost his way up in the sky with those other two beasts. In ancient times, when the world called him Thoth, then Hermes, then Mercury, he laughed 
and he shared words of wisdom and joy with the world. He sought to help people grow intelligent and independent, to find their own wisdom, and to create magnificent things, and his memory rippled throughout the land. But in the sky, as Raphael, that longing dwelt within him, but he couldn't interfere any longer. Clever Raphael couldn't appreciate the world's potential and people's ability to create and communicate. But he'd found that appreciation again. He just had to come down to Earth and see you with his own eyes. And he did. And that night, I flew up in the night with him and laughed. We laughed. We sang, we danced, we shouted, we celebrated. We were both free, you see. Light and dark, reality and fiction, sun and moon, life and death. And as we flew... I could swear that I saw with my newly sharpened eyesight a creature down below peek its head out of the lake. A fearsome, lovely monster of some kind. I could swear that I saw a human walking down the road stop and stare in shock. Birds and beasts did not notice because birds and beasts have their own reality. And they... And they couldn't care less. This has been my mission before, and it will continue to be my mission. Breaking down walls that force us to fit a mold that someone else has enforced on us. Breaking down barriers between dark and light things. Breaking free. I am celebrating tonight, listener. Celebrate with me, if you like. Good night. Hi everyone, and thank you so much for listening in to episode 81 of On a Dark Cold Night. This is Kristen. I write, perform, edit, and create this podcast, essentially. I hope you're having a good week and getting ready to go into the next one with energy and peace. That's going to be my approach at any rate. I'll keep things nice and short this week. If you'd like to help out the show, you can do so by writing us a review on iTunes, Stitcher, or on our Facebook page by the same name. We're also on YouTube at On a Dark Cold Night. You can listen to every episode there and like your favorite ones. You can also support us by listening on the free Radio Public app, where I'm a part of their paid listens program. Every listen there goes towards me as your podcaster being paid for my work. 
so it's a really great, easy way to help out. You can also buy us a coffee at ko-fi.com slash darkcoldnight. That's coffee.com slash darkcoldnight. If you'd like access to my ever-updated soundtrack of the show, you can become a patron at patreon.com slash darkcoldnight. Monthly patrons of any amount receive that perk, as well as any other bonus materials as uh, they come out. You can also check out our t-shirts and hoodies at bonfire.com slash on-a-dark-cold-night if you'd like some sweet wearable merch. Thank you again for tuning in and listening tonight. It's so appreciated. I hope you're enjoying the cooler weather. Rest well, my friends. Good night. Good night.